You're not giving me easy questions, man. I thought we're going to start with some casual conversations about, you know, marketing and what B2B SaaS companies typically need. <laughs> nope, you know, I'm jumping but... in. We're going for it. <laughs> You're going for it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 23 of B2B SaaS Marketing Snacks. Today, we'll be doing something just a little bit different because I will be doing the intro for today's episode. And as you might have noticed, I'm not Mike. Uh, so Mike is actually out on vacation this week. I am his temporary replacement. My name is Richard. I work on the product here at Klungi, and I've also been behind the scenes on the podcast for quite a while. Uh, I've probably edited six or seven episodes, um, so I'm glad to be here. Uh, but today's episode is a conversation between Mike and Stein, as usual, and they're talking about what I will call a mysterious and illustrative metaphor. It is the metaphor of hunting versus gathering in marketing. And so what we mean by this is really sales-led growth versus product-led growth and everything in between. So if you imagine a basic graph uh, with product-led growth on the left side and sales-led growth on the right side, um, there's also animals and foods on this graph. So foods like apples and berries and so forth are on the left. Animals, small farm animals like chickens and pigs are in the middle. And then large animals like cows and elephants are on the right. Uh, the left is your product-led growth, which is the gathering. And the right is your sales-led growth, which is the hunting. Uh, so if that doesn't make sense yet, don't worry. It's further explained in the episode, and there's a lot of nuance to it. There's many points that we make there. Uh, but the graphic actually comes from a preliminary graphic that we've done in Stein's new book, which is coming out very soon. Uh, head to t2d3.pro to check that out, and you can even get early access and take a peek at some of the content that we talk about in the episode. Um, but I will leave a link to the image in the description of this podcast. So if you'd like to actually see the graphic, uh, feel free to check out that link, but without further ado, let's get started. And I hope you enjoy. Okay, cool. Hey man. Hey Mike. So today I wanted to, um, I guess do a little bit of a preview into, uh, one of the the pieces of content in the book. Um, in one of the chapters, you you talk about um, the the entire book is about a marketing go to market. But one of the things you talk about as well is how to decide um, the right sales go to market for your company. Um, and it's it's one of the best performing pieces of content on our website as well. Is a blog that you wrote, which is essentially detailing out the differences between a BDR versus an SDR, um, which is definitely a question that I've gotten with some of the clients that I've worked with um, about, you know, when you're first getting started and building a sales function, the same way as a marketing function, who do you hire first? How many of each role do you hire? Um, and a lot of it is about how you make decisions about where you prioritize your resources based on your product and your, your market factors do you hire more on the product side maybe more on the content or technical writers bdrs sdrs uh, do you hire a marketer with a more demand gen focus or a marketer who is um you know more focused on content um and then the ultimate question is are we hunters or are we gatherers uh so i wanted to i guess have ask if you could just kind of talk through, you've got a, a visualization here, which kind of plots all these things onto a chart. And I wanted to see if you could maybe take me through a little bit of what the the theory behind that is. It's a big question. 
it's actually multiple questions, I think, Mike, that are kind of summarized by that hunting versus gathering, but it's really hunting and gathering uh, sentence. Yeah, think, think of a line, and on the, all the way on the left, you have extremely small accounts, you know, maybe customers who pay you 10, 15 bucks a month. And on the other side, you have customers who pay 10, 15 million per year, per month, like very, very large contracts. And you'll see that more, for example, with big governments. So you can almost argue that the sales approach for those spans from what we would like to call product-led growth, where there's a zero touch uh, to the go-to market, right? People can find you, can sign up, can try, can buy, can stay all without having any, you know, hand-holding from a sales or marketing team all the way to, on the other side, the, uh, all the way to the four-star general, the retired four-star general who's your sales person because you need a relationship uh, to sell a $10 million contract or, or more, um, to, for example, the Department of Defense. That is really what we're talking about here. How do you match the type of sales apparatus with your average contract value or the ARPU, the average revenue per unit? And it goes from no sales at all to SDR, BDR, maybe account executives, very senior account executives, all the way to retaining external influencers, like, for example, a general when it comes to a defense deal um, for, for products that don't require much sales and marketing. The sales is purely relationship driven. We have a, we have one client that is actually in this space of selling really large government contracts and they don't need much marketing really. They don't even need really a website to complete the sale. But they do sometimes need some materials to be able to send or just very good quality business cards. <laughs> so it's a completely different um, set of tools then when you're a full automated self-service website it has to have a fantastic try-by experience and because there is no sales force to even answer a chat on the website and that's just a very different go-to-market and that then goes to the picture in the book Mike that, you know on the left side you have apples or berries and on the right side you have elephants or cows and just making sure that you have the right go-to-market to match that your deal size, your average contract value, ARPU is, is really important. It changes not only uh, what, what type of resources you invest in, but how you train them, how do you support them with the right automation tools, content, etc. In the case of a software company, the way to think about what type of game or what type of food you're going after is, is the easiest way to compare that is with the ARPU, the average revenue per unit, either a user or a customer or a device, depending a little bit on how your pricing model works. Um, that becomes kind of the equivalent of what type of game are you trying to hunt or what type of food are you trying to grow. And it is really important to know what you are trying to go after before you, you know, decide to invest in, for example, buying great seeds, you know, aka building great content and doing great SEO, mm -hmm. or investing your time in, you know, hiring people who are have great hunting skills, who understand not only how to throw a spear, but, but also how to find the right to track game, to find where they go where their watering holes are.
to understand how to then, you know, perform a multi-day hunt, right? Which is also very analogous of a, of a sales process, right? That takes typically much longer when you need to go hunt for something and catch a piece of game versus, you know, building some content. People find you online through Google search and they, they go through the funnel much faster. I'm trying to understand, I guess I'm trying to think about what, like, is it easier to do one or the other, or is it more difficult to do one or the other? Or do you just need a different set of factors behind your back? Don't go hire salespeople if the size of your average account cannot, cannot sustain that. Don't go build a BTR team if your ARPU is $500 a year. Don't build an account executive team if your ARPU is $3,000 or $10,000 a year. It just doesn't support it. Um, our clients, I think, often forget about that. They, they build sales teams when their account ACV doesn't really support it. Sure. Or they don't build the sales team that they need. For example, mm -hmm. a company that sells enterprise like procurement processing software and has deal values of hundreds of thousands of dollars per year, yeah. they should invest in a very sophisticated sales motion, yeah. Apparatus. Apparatus. <laughs> and if they don't, if they think that inbound's gonna do the trick, it's just not gonna work. Um, right. Because the complex sales journey, the multiple stakeholders is just not gonna be serviced by just a little bit of content performance and, and people filling out a form. Right. You well, need you know, Gartner analyst reports that can support the decision across multiple people. And, and, and the other side of this is that when you have you know, less than 10, 15,000 in ARR or ARPU, sorry, per year per customer, ACV, and yeah, you cannot really afford to invest in salespeople. You need to figure out a low friction sales process that includes maybe an SDR or a relatively affordable BDR, but you cannot count on a four or five month sales cycle to sell those products. If you do, then you're never going to be profitable. Sure. Yeah. It's almost a balance between like the the level of content that you need to 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 help nurture those people through the sale. Think about like the more people are involved in the buying process, the more content you need to speak to each person. Like you're going to have a technical person, you're going to have a security person who's concerned about, you know, their data and their customer's data. And you're going to have someone who's leading the project, who's going to be concerned about making sure it actually gets used in the organization. And it's very difficult to have content for all those people. And that's why you have the expert who is the salesperson who kind of becomes that trusted guide for them throughout the process. Um, it, there was a, I want to, I think it's a tweet from Jason Lemkin. I've talked about him in the past. He's a founder at Saster. He's an investor. He co-founded EchoSign, which was purchased by uh, Adobe in like 2011, 2012, I think. Um, and he, he'd said that the, a great salesperson and is an enterprise buyer's ally. And that's, I think that's true, right? Um, you have to have somebody that's, you know, that, that high touch person that can kind of guide them through that process. The other dimension is time, right? When you hi hire salespeople to go after big accounts, you 
also in your planning and in your budget, you need to have the right sales cycle length accounted for. We often see two things that are challenging when we come into smaller software companies. Either they have assumptions of ACV or ARPU that don't match the go-to market, right? Big accounts that they try to go after with inbound marketing or small accounts they try to, to go after with a relatively expensive sales force. Or in their revenue projections, they don't account for the length of a sales cycle if those accounts are a little bigger, complexer, and have multiple people who can say no and maybe only one person who can say yes. So I think those are two good reasons to really understand. Am I going after 100,000 or higher value accounts? And do I have the appropriate go-to-market and appropriate budget and planning assumptions for that? Or do I go after small accounts that will require a higher volume, a low friction funnel that is low cost? And do I have the right plan for that? And I think that's where this is a very important thing to uh, to spend some time on early on in your startup life like how what's the acv and how does that drive this the fundamental mechanics of my go-to market sure last thing i was just going to say how the how the product works too because there's one scenario where i can see you having a potential like a low acv now but the potential to upsell into a larger acv i think of like slack or trello where you kind of it's kind of a land and expand approach where you have these large enterprise accounts that started from smaller one or two user accounts and then by nature of how the product is used you get more people to add on and eventually you start to hit thresholds and it becomes a massive account but you know i think of how we use slack and how we use trello i don't think we've ever talked to a salesperson it's all been you know that's true product-led growth starting with a small acv and just leveraging a lot of good content and maybe customer success um, help articles, documentation, things like that, making it really easy for more people to get on board and turning it into a large account. Yeah, the only thing you have to be careful there that reaching product market fit and having a certain amount of customers that fit um, the solution at the price point that you're offering it, that still has to really happen by a certain amount of customers buying that product, paying and staying with you, telling others about it. And what you just described, Mike, is often a very valid scenario for some companies like Slack. But it cannot be used to replace the need to get to actual product market fit. Mm. And, and then say, yeah, but, you know, all these customers will become bigger. And, but unless you prove that by it actually happening, you have to be very careful. Sure. Uh, and then there's the other thing that you can argue. This is a little bit of an academic discussion, but who actually buys slack is it the user or is it the company a lot of these tools they grow so organically that the it department often maybe they even didn't want it <laughs> but a certain sure. department started using it someone People, went rogue yeah and, and and before you know it they have thousands of users and, and and they were free for a while and then someone said hey we actually don't want to lose this data uh, and that's of course what, what companies like slack no, right? And that's how they drive product-led growth. But it does make you then wonder, I mean, you think of what's the right sales strategy, what's the right approach to get more clients like this, that you cannot really say, okay, because these customers pay $30,000 a month for Slack now, 
that that is the from the ARPU. It's really not because that that IT department that's not paying the bill did not really make that decision. Sure. You still are marketing really to those individuals who you want to not only start using it, but also keep using it. Right. Anything else on that one? Well, know who you're hunting, what you're hunting, and make sure you have the right tools, right? And and prepare for the length of the hunt, right? If you're going to, um, to find that one animal that's hard to find, but it's worth it, you might be you know, at it for a while. You need to make sure you plan for that. Uh, ABM is a great example, account-based marketing. You cannot do it in a couple of weeks. And I've seen many clients spend a lot of money and effort in building the messaging and building lists and starting outreach. And then if they don't get list, uh, leads within a couple of weeks, they give up. And then, yeah, then don't do it. Right, because you're, it's like hunting elephants, and of course we're not we're not advocating for any animal cruelty here, but it's just such a great metaphor. But if you would do that, you would have different tools. You would plan for a longer hunt than if you're, for example, going to the yard to pluck a couple of apples from the tree. You know, where you know those apples are there, you just have to go grab them. That takes five minutes, whereas maybe five months to hunt a certain type of animal and get home with something you like. 